Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today in the world of mattresses. I can't even wait. You guys are going to love this company called My Green Mattress. And their founder is here, Tim Masters. I can't wait to dive into this. This is so cool and such an amazing product. And I can't even... I I personally don't know the story and I can't wait to hear um, from Tim today. Tim, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Justin, thank you so much for having me. Dude, I'm so glad you're here. Um, I was excited from the moment we scheduled this one because I think the brand is so cool. I think the idea behind it's so great. And you've like built this really amazing business. And I, I, I applaud you. And I'm excited for where you're headed. Um, let's do this. So our audience may or may not know you. And back in 2007, you had not started a mattress brand yet. But share a little bit about your background before launching My Green Mattress. Sure. It's um, I am... I started making mattresses with this company, a local neighborhood company, like local little mattress, corner mattress factory store. And I started there as a part-time job when I was in college. And I loved making mattresses, but I really loved the original owner. He was just such a a nice, honest, um, optimistic man. And I, I love working for him. And it's his philosophy is what can we do better? Like every day, what's better? What's better? And it's uh, just always asking, you know, what can we do better? And everything was on the up and up. So it's, I love the company from day one. And as I worked through college, I'm like, I knew it down to my shoes. I'm like, I'm going to be a mattress maker. Like it's, I love building these beds. <laughs> it's amazing. It's um, so cool. Yeah. It's, I feel pretty blessed because I do have a lot of friends that are, they dread Monday going back to work and it's, I get excited about it. I'm like, we get another opportunity. Let's, uh, you know, let's make something great. So anyhow, I was a part-time mattress maker, but in all honesty, when I was like 24, I said to Mr. Brooksy, the original owner, you know, I got to get a real job. It's, you know, I hate to leave you, but I got to go. I was making, you know, peanuts. Sure. And he goes, he goes, if you quit, I go out of business. He goes, my kids don't want it. I'd like you to buy the building, the equipment and inventory. Wow. And, uh, so, and he goes, give me one more year, your same pay rate. And, uh, you know, we'll go from there. So that's what we did. And when I was 25, I bought the company and I wouldn't tell anybody that I purchased the company that, you know, customers Why? come in. <laughs> I, I looked like a kid when I was 25, I looked young <laughs> and I was afraid People would think I, I wouldn't be around long, you know, like, oh, what does this Got guy it. know? And now, um, right. So what does he know about mattress? Yeah. Right. It, you know, it was, a, you know, kind of a balancing act. People would be like, I need to speak to the owner. And I'm like, well, I got on the message. What is it? You know, what, what <laughs> right. <laughs> so let me give him a call. <laughs> it's, uh, it, so I, I continued making mattresses and it's, um, it, what was nice about the original store is that there was actually an apartment above the showroom and behind the showroom was our factory. So Got it. I live there. And, but the hard part about living, and you may know this, I don't know if it's hit you yet, but living at your business, you never go home. <laughs> 
Right. I mean, that's what a lot of people learned during COVID, by the way. It, five, seven <laughs> right. years. Yes. And, it, and I keep thinking these people have to feel starting to feel the way that I felt like five, seven years into it. I'm like, I need to go home because <laughs> wow. it was it was constantly, you know, just at the shop. Um, oh. Anyhow. So, OK, I, so you buy the business. Was the product the same then? as it is now in other words has it shifted over time or like what how has product changed from when you bought the business to where we are today so great question it's we were locally known as just a, a really nice quality mattress and that went on until 2006 and my daughter my second daughter emily was born and she had all kinds of allergies and my wife um asked me, and she goes, will you make Emily an organic crib mattress? And I said, sure. I would make organic mattresses, like onesie, twosies, through the, you know, the 1990s and early 2000s. You get the hippies coming in, and <clears throat> but I'd source the materials, and I'd do it, uh, make an organic mattress for her. And, uh, and how do you define an organic mattress? It An organic mattress is going to have no polyurethane foams. It's going to have Got no... It. VOCs, no off-gassing. It's going to, no fire retardants that are chemically treated. Um, an organic mattress is going to be all components that you can certify back to the crop, whether it's cotton filled, the cotton crop, or the latex for the rubber trees. Are those trees certified organic? And it's, it all traces, it's all about traceability and accountability for the materials that go in and just to be healthy. Um, sure. So my wife had asked to make an organic crib mattress, and I said, sure. So I make our mattress and soon realize we're not the only family with chemical sensitivities. And it's why not develop a product line that's obtainable for the, you know, for the new mom and dad, for the, you know, for the kid getting out of college who wants to get start his life, needs a mattress, but, you know, hey, I'd like to go chemical free. Can I afford this? Sure. So we developed a beautiful product line that's really obtainable uh that is you know fully certified organic so that's my story in a nutshell <laughs> i love it so okay have they okay i had never don't laugh when i say this but i have to i had never bought a mattress that rolls up in a box <laughs> until a couple years ago and i was like this can't be like it, it can't work this way. I mean, you know, it seems like you got to go get the big truck and the, or have this thing delivered and plastic and all like, when did mattresses become rollable? So it, <laughs> honestly, in like, 20, I know maybe I'm not an expert. <laughs> it, it was around 2010, 2012 that they started okay. to roll pack like foam mattresses, like the memory foam uh, right. type mattresses and it, neat concept. And it's, I had no idea about rolling mattresses. So when we started my green mattress, like we would early in the morning, my advertising budget was advertising on Craigslist in different huh. cities, you know, wow. like in New York right. and Los Angeles. And it's like, <laughs> I'm going to these different cities, you know, and we would ship these mattresses in full dimensional boxes. I had, I had two full-time young guys working eight hours a day to package eight mattresses a day. And eight. then we to do eight of them. And then we would Got ship it. them out, you know, but the problem was, is transportation. So they would get to the trucking, totally. you know, in the front right. trucks that always drive through the package. And it, it oh. was, oh, it was a nightmare. And, yeah. um, but then 
we're like, okay, we need to get a roll pack machine. And now the roll pack machine can roll one mattress in one minute. It's amazing. <laughs> you were doing eight, eight a day. Eight a day. <laughs> and now I can do one per minute. <laughs> It, By the way, there's a really cool video I, your uh, PR person sent over that you can see the roll pack work. It's really cool. It's, uh, it's it, awesome. And what a learning curve that was. It's I probably I destroyed, imagine. yeah, probably 60, 70 mattresses <laughs> when we first started rolling them. I'm like, okay, now what do we have to do to make these things like super durable? But it's right. uh, it's only made us better over time. That's amazing. And, um, so... No, that's awesome. I, I, and I, I know our audience is like laughing at me, but they probably had the same question. Like, uh, until when did that start? You know. Um. So, talk about who your target audience is. Like, uh, you make products for kids, for babies, for adults. How do you think about that? And what differentiates, if anything, or is it just size? Pretty much. Um, honestly, for for kids and young adults, and I consider young adult like thirty years old and younger. Uh, we generally don't start to have aches and pains as like moms and dads until like a late thirties, forties. And, uh, that's when you start to get the, uh, joint pains, you know, hips, shoulders, lower back trouble. Um, so there is a difference in the support system that you would use for like a, a six-year-old child or 16-year-old or 46-year-old person. And it's kids and young adults tend to be more linear. I'm not worried about lumbar support. They don't have that lower backache. Uh, so, but I do need to support them as they grow, but I can't put them on something too firm. I'll beat up their joints prematurely. Like by the time that they get to be in their 40s, they'll have rotator problems or a hip joint trouble if the bed is too firm. Um, it, it's, it's a balancing act, you know, to, okay, this, this is the best I can do for the, for the bell-shaped curve, general body type. And it's, sure we do a great job for that. And it, but for moms and dads, it's like, okay, this is the best of the best for lower back trouble, for shoulder trouble, for hip trouble. Let's use that spring system and capitalize on it. What can we do better? And um, so there is a difference between, between the models and not only like a price point difference, but honestly, like a structural integrity difference between that product and how it fits you differently uh, from like a, our mid, mid-tier mid product to, to our best product. Sure. Wow. Um, really interesting. And, you, you know, you made a comment earlier around uh, when you first launched your marketing budget was on Craigslist. Um, in the time that you, since you launched the business, social media has exploded. New retail channels um, have proliferated. Direct to consumer and e-commerce has exploded. How have you? How's the business um, grown, and or how have you managed in those different channels? You know what I mean. Over time, like how have you thought about that? How have you kind of attacked those channels? It's you know that's a great question, and it's and I know that I'm not alone in struggling with with the different channels. It's like, oh my God, there's so much, there's so much out there and so many different ways to get to people. Uh, what's the most effective. And remember, I'm a mattress maker. <laughs> right. <laughs> a good mattress maker. It's like, how it's, do you, you know, it, build your brand and get the word out, right? It It is so, it's really tough to wrap your head around, you know, whether it's going to be 
Pinterest, Facebook, uh, Google ads, uh, you name it. It's, there's so many different ways to get it out there. And it's, so we've gone from Craigslist to developing like a clunky type website. And it's like my, my website, everything is done in house. It's like my wife, myself, uh, a couple sharp guys or people that work for me and, you know, work for us or, uh, you know, we keep kind of patching this thing together and changing the best we can. Um, but it's really hard. That's my, that's my biggest struggle is how do you really reach the people? But it's, you know, we have grown quite a bit since the Craigslist days. Right. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and what an interesting challenge, right? Um, you know, along with that, you get probably feedback from customers. Um, I'm sure mostly positive, sometimes negative. I don't know. What have you learned over time about your product? Or some, are there things that you've been able to tweak over time based on customer feedback? What does that look like? Oh, absolutely. It's um, I've learned so much about people and what does work, what doesn't work. And not saying that I have the right mattress for every single person, but I'll tell you, for at least 85 to 90% for sure, um, we've really honed it in. And it's the customers with their feedback. This hurts. That hurts. I like it for this reason. I don't like it for that reason. And it's we've, we've honed our product. We have the least return rate in the bedding industry. Now, that's an issue. Wow. It's wow. on average like the... It's about 10%. One out of 10 mattresses that are purchased either end up in a landfill, uh, yep. you know, get just handed down the road somewhere, whether it's a donation center, but it's 10%. And that's a huge number. When you're, if 10% of your product is a net zero or a loss, that's a hard hit. So how do you, sure. you know, how do you bring that number down? Um, and it's, so we're always struggling. Like, how can we make it better, better, better? to eliminate these complaints and how do we address the complaints? We hear every compliment and we hear every complaint. And right. We, you probably just, hear more of the second. Yeah. Right? That's always how it goes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really fascinating. Uh, for those that haven't ever done their homework on this industry, um, it's estimated that 40 million mattresses are thrown away each year in the USA alone. And most go directly to a landfill. And what we as consumers a lot of times don't realize is that 80% of a mattress can be recycled. I, had, I did not realize this. Um, and so what's really cool about this product is in terms of your, your you've got like a 20-year warranty on your product and, and a 120-night sleep trial, which is very, very cool. I, mean, it just, I think it, it's like the better for you product. It, and honestly, and it's not to be like a super tree hugger, but it's better for the environment because it's everything in that in the mattresses we make is 100% biodegradable from the organic wow. cotton to the uh, organic latex to the springs. Like even if you get a hybrid mattress with a co pocket of coiled springs, everything in there will eventually go back to, to mother earth and be, and really not leave an imprint. So, yep. No, I totally agree. Um, and, and I, I mean, in this market today, you know, consumers are looking for better for you food items, better for you beverage items, better for you companies that are impacting the environment in a positive way, which I think is a really cool thing uh, linking to your brand. Um, as, as you look ahead, uh, especially in the next six to 12 months, you know, what does the market look like for you? What do you need to do to keep growing um, to, to drive new trial and whatnot? You know, that's uh we're in kind of a funky period in the economy right now. So it's like, we, we it's a little bit uncertain. 
um, I've always been a little bit of keep your head low, get under the radar and just anything that we can make better, let's make it better at this point. And if we come across something that's like, nope, there's a demand for this, let's introduce it. Uh, but I really don't, I hate to say it, I don't have a lot on the radar for like new innovative anything, but it's just, just keep honing our product, our product sure. line. And make it the best. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and, and when you think about uh, the, the key individuals that are, you've worked with to help bring the product to life or grow over time or fulfill orders, like what have been some of the, the key areas where you've really had to lean into others? Boy, that's a, it, I'll tell you, even the original uh, owner of the company um, loved them because it's just so knowledgeable about the nuts and bolts of it. But you make friends in the industry. And it's not that you share your trade secrets with them, but you help each other. Like I'm part of a buying group with six other mattress factories in the Midwest. And it oh, wow. get together once or twice a year. What works for you? What doesn't work for you? What equipment works? What's better here or there? And these are the guys with boots on the ground in the industry. And they really know they're, they're, what they're doing. I mean, they're just, they're craftsmen. And it's... um. So I really like networking uh, with everyone in my business. Love that. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, and as I, um, I always love to do with our guests, and I know you didn't start this business, but you bought it and have grown it over time. I always love to ask our guests, so some of their biggest lessons learned in growing a business as an entrepreneur like yourself. Um, what two or three pieces of advice did you share with our audience that are... Uh, that maybe jumping into their own product or thinking about their own type of product. Like what, what, what are the things you've learned? It, it, um, you, it's tough. It's tougher than you think. Um, but the rewards, um, whether it be, it doesn't have to be financial. It's just look at what I look at. Like things like, even if you mow the lawn, you look at your grass, look at how nice that looks. Like you give yourself a little pat on the back whatever you're going into business-wise, you will get to a point to where you look back at it and you're just beaming because it's like, look at what I made. Look at what we've achieved. Um, another thing is like, keep your, keep your cost in mind. And it's whatever you can do, not to make a cheap product, never. But what can you do that doesn't have to be there? Like, whether it be your office space, whether it be your manufacturing space, do I, do I really need the penthouse? Do you know what I mean? Keep it, sure. keep it modest and it's just focus on your product. Got it. Yeah. I love that. It's such great advice and not get distracted. Yeah. And it's, um, if you keep your eye on the ball and it's, I think it was Henry Ford. I don't know who said this, but if you think you can, or you think you can't, you're probably right. <laughs> and it's, but that's the way it is. Like if you think you can make this work in whatever you're doing, whether it's a coffee shop, whether it's you're making gym shoes or, you know, if you think you can do it, you're probably right. But as soon as you think you can't do something, you're probably right. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I love it. What great advice uh, to finish on. Tim, it's been so great having you here today with us. My Green Mattress. Um, share with our listing audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy product, check it out, etc. 
It, thank you so much, Justin. It's We are MyGreenMattress.com, and you can find us online. We actually have a brick-and-mortar store in LaGrange, Illinois. Um, we're open seven days a week, and it's uh, we manufacture our, our mattresses right here in the Midwest as well. That's awesome. I love that, man. So great having you with us. You got to come back on down the road as you continue to expand the product line, grow uh, with new consumers and different channels. And uh, just so fun to hear your story. And thanks for taking time to be with us today. Justin, I loved it. Thank you. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.